0: Welcome to a new edition of the Fantasy Oddscast. I have the pleasure of being with my co-host Jake Perry. You can follow him on Twitter, Jake Perry34. You can follow me on Twitter, AJ DeSai, AJ Desai 4 How's it going, man?
1: Oh, it's doing good, man. Happy to uh happy to be back and slightly functional again.
0: Yeah, man. I I like those back spasms, man, that just hurts, man. Like I have back pain. I have some serious back pain right now, and it's it's just not going well.
1: Yeah, mine came out of nowhere, and you know what? Here we are. We're out here. We're thriving and surviving, so that's what matters.
0: Yeah, hey. yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy Thursday night football game, man. Like I was excited to see Justin Herbert and Derek Carr go out. Exp- um, despite Derek Carr uh, went out with the groin injury and Marcus Mariota did what he could, but it came up short, and the Chargers finally got themselves a win, despite they did some crazy things right there. Um, so...
1: Yeah, man, that was a fun game to watch. I thought I think you and I both picked the Raiders to win that one, um, which I think personally from what I saw, like if if Derek Carr played the whole game, I do think they probably win that while Mariota ran the offense. Well, like it just you could tell that the game plan wasn't like set up for that to be the function of the offense. Um, But we saw pretty good games on both sides. You know, Herbert obviously balled out. He had 314, two tutties. He had the rushing touchdown as well at the end to to close it down. Really good game out of Hunter Henry, five receptions, 65 yards and a touchdown. Huge game out of Darren Waller. I feel like we bring him up every week on the podcast. You know, nine receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, he just seems to be getting better and better each week. You know, he's making. You know, I think in in most dynasty formats, you probably make the argument he's dynasty tight end one right now, even over Kels. So, you know, that's... Great to see for him. Good to see him still succeeding. Um, and then obviously, you know, a, a quieter game out of Jacobs. You know, perform or production-wise, um, but still from a fantasy perspective, a really good game. Um, something that you and I, you know, we both talked about a lot last night when we were watching the game. Um, but good to see Jacobs getting into the end zone. Good to see them using him in the passing game a little bit more. I don't know. When I watch Josh Jacobs, I, he doesn't blow me away in any in, in any way, but when you look at him compared to like the other guys that they have on the roster, like Devonte Booker's not, he's not a world setter. You know, he's, you know uh, the other backups that they have, like nobody really stands out. So I, I just get confused when I watch uh, Raiders games, why Jacobs comes out on so many passing downs and why he comes out and why they try and run. Like uh, they ran a play later. Uh, I want to say it was a little bit later on in the game where they tried to get Ingold the fullback on a, a quick slant on a touchdown or not a slant, but on an out, um, and I just, I don't know why they do that when they have Josh Jacobs.
0: Yeah. Like I, like I, I was really hoping that Josh Jacobs can, um, can get one of my fantasy football lineups. Like, uh, like I, I'm not one of those people that like, um, I, like I will attack a player just for my fantasy football teams. Like I, I just wanted Josh Jacobs to get more touches. Like, you know, like they like. At some points in the game last um, last night, correct me if I'm wrong here, like there would be times where Mariota would just run the ball when Jacobs is supposed to get it, and it's just like wait what are you what are you doing I'm, like, I, I'm not I, I'm not like against it I mean I love Mariota's speed especially like like after him being in Tennessee and then um his career somewhat failing there and then signing a two-year 17 million dollar deal in Oakland under John Gruden's offense I mean I, I I love to see a comeback story but I mean man it would have been great if Josh Jacobs got two touchdowns man instead of that two-yard touchdown by Mariota man I would have won my somewhat would be like um like would have the upper hand in my fantasy football matchup in one of my lineups but it's okay i guess i mean he is um he is nursing that injury so i guess like that that has something to do with it
1: yeah, that's that's my guess. Plus, it, I mean, the the read option with Mariota last night was clearly working. You know, he had nine carries for 88 yards and a touchdown. Those are Lamar numbers right there. Um, so obviously, you know, they had some success with it. But I think, you know, anybody who watches the game and anybody who, you know, I, I like the Raiders. I always kind of have. Um, so I've been watching quite a few of their games and watching like their play calling, just especially in the red zone, just seems really weird to me. They're like desperate to give Jacobs the ball. And then it doesn't work one time. And then it seems like they abandon it for like two or three, like two or three series of goal line plays where they just they want Jacobs in the in the in on the red zone touches. And then all of a sudden they're like, just kidding, we're gonna run screen passes to Alec Ingold, or we're gonna try and, you know, see if I can hit Zay Jones in the corner of the end zone. Like it just their their play calling in the red zone seems a little bit weird to me. And that's you know, that's a John Gruden thing. He's always been a little nutty. Um, but you know, I think this game really showed that. You know, maybe Mariota can still compete in the NFL. Um, you know, I've been uh, on Twitter well before the podcast. I've been very vocal about Mariota not being that great of a quarterback, and I still don't really think he is. Um, I also don't think that Tennessee used his skill set to the best that they could. Um, and I think we saw that last night. i'm I wouldn't be surprised if, you know if they try and let Mariota run the offense for the rest of the year. Carr, they you know, with the injury coming out, they're looking at a ten to fourteen day recovery period for his groin so it seems like while it's you know it was obviously bad enough to get him out of the game last night it doesn't look like it's going to be like a, a severe injury i wouldn't be surprised to let him run Mariota out there a couple of times you know especially right now seven and seven playoffs are looking a little bit harder for them um if i look at the you know the playoffs the current playoff standings they're right outside of the playoffs right now at seven and seven um you got the raid the ravens and dolphins in front of them both at eight and five um, the Dolphins have the tiebreaker right now just based on conference win percentage. Um, so the rate I mean the Raiders are gonna have to get lucky to make the playoffs and at this point, especially you know with Derek Carr and you know he's not a- he's been a really good quarterback for them. I think many people underrate how good of a quarterback that he has been. Um, when you look at like his contract situation where he is under a contract, I believe until, What's he under? He's under until 2022. So you've got the next two years of him under contract, but you've also got Mariota under contract next year. You, I, If I'm them, I run Mariota the last couple games, see what he does, and then make it a true competition in 2021. And if you eat the money on, you know, next year, you look at the dead cap on Carr's contract, the dead cap's only $2.5 So they can walk from this contract for next year for almost nothing. And that's something that I think, you know, Oakland's definitely going to be looking into, especially if they truly believe in the talent of Mariota, which they clearly do. They gave him a two-year deal for a reason.
0: Yeah, definitely too. So, like I think that, that that's a perfect backup deal, and like he, he really showed it last night. I mean, like you know, aside from the interception that passed Manfred Zay Jones uh, that went the other way uh, for the Chargers, I think it was taken away by Chris Jones, a former Denver Bronco there, um, and I mean that was the only mistake that I saw. I think. I mean, like like you mentioned, like he put up Lamar numbers. He passed the ball pretty well, I thought. Um, he came out like right out of the gate. He had a thirty-five yard touchdown to Dar- Darren Waller. Um, I mean, again, that that man is criminally underrated. Like if you if you look at the props and you and you saw like a sixty-five yard prop for him for Dar- Darren Waller, you would have slapped me in the face. That Asia, you should have taken that. I mean, and I did in the parlay, and I was just one leg short. I took I took um uh, the the over in the fourth quarter of 13 and a half points and they only got seven and that's the only leg that was short by which is fine I mean it was only a two dollar parlay but I mean other than that I mean I really think Jake I agree with you I mean you know with you could walk away from Derek Carr's contract I'm looking at his contract right now like you mentioned two and a half a million dollar uh, of dead cap there and the Raiders saved 20 million dollars in his contract and if they want to give Marcus Mariota a prove it deal for a year and then run it back with another quarterback in 2022, they can do that too. I mean, they have, they, they, the Raiders can do a lot of things. I mean, maybe, maybe Derek Carr is not in their future plans. Maybe, maybe he's not. And as a Bears fan, I'd welcome him on the lake Oh, I would,
1: I would welcome him with open arms. You know, I really yeah. like Derek Carr. I like the talent that's there. A lot of people like to knock him you know, for whatever reason, I think, uh, you know, his brother's history kind of drags on him a little bit, but it's not like Derek Carr is going out there and playing bad football. I mean, he's been a pretty consistent, he's, you know, I don't think he's a guy that's going to like, he's not going to blow you away. He's not going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL, but he's going to be a quarterback where, you know, there've been, you know, uh, articles that have come out this year about, you know, we're bears fans. So we're going to talk about this briefly articles about how the bears would be such a great team, even with just like average production. Out of the quarterback position. Derek Carr is well above average at the quarterback position. If you, you know, if you look at the PFF grades, he's ranked 10th out of 39 graded quarterbacks. So he's a top 10 quarterback r- right now, If you, you know, based on the film that we have, the film that's out there. Um, so he's putting up good numbers and he's doing good things in his offense. I don't think this offense with Gruden fits him that well. And I think that's part of the issue um, as to why we don't see, you know, crazier numbers out of him. But there's no reason that Derek Carr can't be, you know, the quarterback to put a, a team over the edge.
0: No, I definitely agree. I mean, that's why I, I think that like they maybe the Bears, like if they were gonna give this money to Nick Foles and some draft compensation, I think that if they would have just upped their offer to like a third or second round pick just to give it to Oakland for Derek Carr, I would have taken that. I mean. Like, and especially with this contract, I mean, like, I mean, like, it was just this year, Jake. I mean, this, this year was just with the, with the high dead cap. And then with 2021 and 2022 on the horizon, you're only technically um, on the hook for two and a half million if you don't move on with them. I mean, and, and if, and if the Bears did trade Derek Carr, I think he would be with the team until 2023 and possibly sign an extension. But enough of the Bears. They didn't make that move. I mean, we got Mitchell Trubisky right now. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was a great game last night. I mean, um, like, you know, except the fact that I, I was just like, just a, just appalled I'm, in a good way, I guess, um, from Justin Herbert, man. Like, he is he the rookie of the year? Like, are we looking at him or are we looking at Justin Jefferson?
1: I think you. I think um, Herbert's probably going to end up with it just because there's there tends to be a bias in awards towards quarterbacks. I think you know I, I there's a reason the MVPs almost every year in football are quarterbacks. I think there's just you know a bias towards the position. They do provide a little bit more. Um, I do think Jefferson is the better player for what it's worth. I do think what Jefferson's done this year has been extremely impressive, especially when I don't know if you read it or not, uh, but there was an article that came out. Uh, it's kind of the cover story for the ESPN magazine this week, which was on the website as well. Uh, um with Stefan Diggs and basically like how he felt he needed to leave for his career to thrive and you know him leaving is essentially what opens up the door for them to take Justin Jefferson and find arguably you know I would say the best rookie in this year's draft class performance wise. Um, I, I think that the the award will still go to Herbert, but what you can't knock what Jefferson's been doing. The man's been damn impressive all year. And Absolutely. he just seems to, seems to keep getting better. Like nothing seems to face him. Like no matchup that they have. Like he wants to be out there every single day. He wants the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he's consistently, you know, One of the most impressive players in football this year. I don't know what his over. I think his overall grade on PFF is eighty nine and a half. So you know, anytime you're pushing that ninety grade on PFF, you're obviously you know you're killing it. You're doing phenomenal things. I think he's the number one or number. He's the third highest graded wide receiver in all of football right now. The only two wide receivers that are in front of him are Adam Thielen, who is rated at eighty nine point seven, so just slightly above. And then I don't even know. uh, who the PFF number one wide receiver is this year. Um, if I had to guess, it's probably D hop. Maybe that was preseason D hop Devontae Adams. I'm dumb, um, but yeah. So, you know, you look at those guys and to, to be a rookie in an offense that is a run heavy offense and to have numbers that are up there with guys like Devonte Adams and guys who've been killing it for years, like Thielen, this, this is a damn impressive receiver. This wide receiver class could legitimately go down as one of the best wide receiver classes that we've seen.
0: And you know what's insane about it, though? Next year's wide receiver class is even more insane. Like it's it 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 just keeps on getting better with Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Man, it's just, oh my God, man. Like I'm just we're just being spoiled. With this talent right now, and it's just—I mean—we're gonna see a lot of more gritty action in the postseason and all that. I mean, like not from Justin Jefferson. I mean, I don't know if the Vikings are gonna make the postseason. I mean, they certainly have a chance. Um, uh, but I, I don't, man. It—it, it, I'm just like speechless of how talented the NFL is becoming. Like, um, just by year by year, it just keep, keeps on becoming talented at an uber level. It just keeps on increasing. Um, um on a talent level like it's just um, yeah, it's, amazing it's, to me
1: it's it's crazy like like you said the talent coming out of next year's draft class is you know more intriguing in a lot of ways um a lot of boomer i think a lot a little bit more boomer bust um oh, wow. in the the coming draft class but otherwise you know again you've got super uh, another deep wide receiver class where even your your guys who are projecting as like the you know, call it the ninth or 10th receiver in the class, guys like Rashad Bateman, guys like, you know, Tylen Wallace, guys like, um, Daz, uh, Daz Newsome, like you have guys who are, you know, a little bit farther down, uh, Am- uh, Amron, Amon Ra, St. Brown, if that's how you say his name, you know, he's he's a guy whose film has impressed me a lot this year. Um, you know, this again, like you're saying, deep, deep receiver class, deep running back class, a lot of really good quarterbacks coming out of this class too. like the NFL is going to get real interesting in these next couple of years, man, I'm excited. I love football. And this like shit like this just pumps me up even more.
0: And like, you know, I, I love I, I love a story, you know, Jake. And like right, right before we go into our from last night, I just want to say one thing. I love a story. And, you know, these kids like uh, the, the kids, like, they get drafted on day three. And we're probably going to see guys like like uh, Patterson out of Buffalo get drafted on day three. Uh, uh, guys like T.J. Vash. I, I think you're a fan of him. A uh, guy out of Texas Tech. I love his speed, his darting speed. I think he would be perfect for the Bears offense and slot position. I mean these are the guys that like you wake up every Sunday to, to watch I mean like, yeah you got you watch like AJ Brown DK Metcalf Russell Wilson all those guys but like you know then again those guys were in the second round in the third round so I mean it, you know it just it, it just becomes more and more interesting like year by year um, as you're watching these these players just fall out like just like, just like just put money to a side I mean yeah they're making millions of dollars dollars right? But they just put it to a side, and they just like I'm just gonna go out there and ball out. You know, I mean, and I, and I and I love to watch that. You know, I love I love watching people just like perform their hearts out for these teams. I love it. Yeah, man, it's great. Yeah, man. So just oh. moving on to our bets from uh, best from last night. I mean, we had a, we had a good slate, a winning slate from last night. I mean, uh, we had Josh Jacobs over 65 and a half rushing yards. Um, Herbert to throw an interception. Uh, Waller over 65 receiving yards. Austin Eckler over 110 total yards. Uh, Austin Eckler again uh, over six and a half receptions. Justin Herbert over 10 and a half rushing yards, and Nelson Aguilar reception over 23 and a half yards. We went four and three on a day. Um, a lot of good bets. I I, I really I personally thought that the Waller and Jacobs bets would hit. Uh, pretty seamless seem like pretty easily in this up uh, in this game last night so what did you think man on your bet side
1: yeah man obviously i was super high on eckler going into that game you know this is a defense that we've seen out of uh los angeles the raiders who haven't been phenomenal against the run um i think they had given up like an average of like 28 points a game to running backs um going into that game last night. So, obviously, I expected a lot of a a bigger game out of Eckler, especially with how much that he's been being targeted by um, Herbert. You know, we saw, and especially with guys like Mike Williams being limited and Keenan Allen being limited, I thought it was going to be an inevitable situation where we see you know, a crazy amount of targets and a crazy amount of, you know, just feeding Eckler. But clearly, they wanted to show off Justin Herbert and what he could do. So they let him sling the rock around all night. Um, but, you know, otherwise, you know, I, I still don't think we made any bad bets last night. I think the numbers were in our favor for pretty much everything there. Um, you you came up with those first three bets, like you said, the, those Herberts, the the Jacobs and Waller bet. I saw those and I was like, money, love those. Obviously, I liked my Eckler bets. Those didn't work out for us. Herbert got close you know, to throw in a pick a couple times, there were a couple wily ones in there, but you know, you live and you learn, it happens. Um, and then, you know, I, I, like the, I like the quarterback rushing props for whatever reason, they always seem to hit for me. Um, When I, when I have one that catches my eye, it just seems to always work. You know, Herbert's a mobile guy, you know, he's not the most mobile quarterback out there. He's not, he's more of like an Aaron Rodgers style runner to me where he can run when he needs to, he's not going to be a run first quarterback ever, but if he gets out in space and gets out into, you know, gets outside of the pocket and has some gap there, he's a guy that likes to fight for those extra yards too, as we've saw, you know, him, him working up the sideline to try and get those extra yards there on that 12 or 13 yard run that he had. And then the Aguilar reception to me was like a no brainer. I feel like, especially without rugs, Aguilar's their guy you know they don't really have another guy Renfro is a slot guy he's not gonna he's not gonna be a burner they're not gonna try to go f- to him for a deep ball um, you know Brian Edwards they're not using him a whole lot you know everybody was super high on him coming into the year but he's not being used a ton So I saw that and I was like, if there's even one deep pass in this game from the Raiders offense, it's going to Aguilar. And so that's why, you know, we went with that. But like you said, you know, we made money last night. Um, We both hit that live Herbert prop that FanDuel had for the over. Um, So we both I know we both turned back a pretty decent chunk of change there. You know, it was about a three unit return for me. I don't I don't know what it was for you. But, you know, we had some, you know, some really solid bets last night. A lot of things that I really like. I wish the Eckler props went in our favor. I saw somebody tweeting online that they had an Eckler prop for receptions at over four and a half. I was like, come on, give me that one. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, I'm never going to complain about a week where we make money.
0: No, definitely. Like, you know, like, I, I'm actually, I wasn't mad because I played those bets on a personal level, too. I mean, like, you you mentioned, like, you played my Jacobs and Waller bets. I mean, those were money. I mean, I played those personally, too. I did play the Justin Herbert bet, bet to throw an interception. I, I. I maybe thought it could have uh, it could have been coming, but I did forget that like I think I think the Raiders were playing without three other defensive stutters, and I just like just 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 was like okay, just looked at the odds, and I'm like oh okay, he's gonna throw a pick this game. I mean, you know, and obviously looked at the stats, he had a couple of picks in the last couple of games too. I mean, like you know, I just just thought like maybe he. Just uh, didn't move on from that phase of, like, you know, not th- of throwing an interception. But, you know, I mean, Justin Herbert is just continuing to impress us all. I mean, like, yesterday, he was just phenomenal. So, I mean, yeah. Aside from Austin Eckler, I mean, like, Austin Eckler is a hell of a player. I think, like, you know, maybe what the Chargers wanted to do is probably, like, not use him as much because he is coming off of that um injury, you know. With the torn hamstring, so um, I mean, like he had four receptions, um, but you know, uh, 110. I think that was a high number. But then again, I mean, like you never know. He could have broken that that 20-yard reception he had into like a 60-yard reception here, and then we could have been talking that, like, oh, he he was he could have been close to hitting that bet. And then um, last but not least, the two um, Herbert rushing, he hit that on that last 12-yard run that he had. Um, and then Aguilar. That long reception. Um, that I that's money. If if Rugs is not playing, that's always money. I think, and uh, I think you have another um reception prop for us, and we'll get to that later. Um, at the end of the show. So yeah, pretty good slate. Um, like you said, I'm not gonna complain if uh, if we're making money. And as far as units go, I did pick up a couple. Um, I did pick up I think five units on that super boost. Uh, for the. Uh, Justin Herbert passing yards so uh, I maxed it 50 bucks uh, return of 125 bucks so uh, pretty good day for me last night so can't complain
1: yeah man never gonna complain about that like I said I think you're probably right I think they probably were trying to go a little bit easier on Eckler um, especially in a game that they they don't need to win the Chargers don't need to be winning right now they're not making the playoffs they've already been eliminated if I'm not mistaken Um, but they're trying to play upset a little bit so I get it but you know, definitely went a little bit lighter on him. They gave Balaj eight carries. Um, I saw something on Twitter last night that it was like, you know, Kalen Balaj looks like he's a six-pack of Bud Light when he runs with the football. But coaches still love getting him in the goal line carries. And that's what he's built for, really. You know, he's a, he's a bigger running back. I want to say he's 6'2", 230. So he's a big dude. You know, get him get him the ball in the goal line. He'll probably get in there. But, you know, I was maybe feeling, feeling Eckler a little bit more than I should have been last night. But you know what? Like I said... Like you said, like I said, we made money. Who gives it? You know, who cares?
0: Yeah, who gives a shit? I mean, if you make money, like if we're going to give out plays, guys, like, and if they win, and if you do walk away with positive units, you really can't complain on what happens. I mean, if you win, you win. You lose, you lose. You just have to just, like, move on. Like, don't bet if you think you're going to lose. I mean, always bet if you think you're going to win. So... Um, so that's the whole thing about betting in these days. And a lot of people are making money these days. I mean, Penn, I'm an investor of Penn, the stock. I mean, I'm making a lot of money there. So I mean, you know, if you're not invested in that stock, I mean I don't I don't know what you're doing. But other than that, like, you know, we're moving into fantasy football playoffs, man. I mean, this is insane. Because I haven't won a fantasy football championship in the last seven years and it's still gonna probably continue because you know, Keenan Allen, like uh, he did, he like I I, I don't want to say he disappointed me, but like I do feel it from a person that has hamstring issues in his past, and it's a terrible injury. It's a nagging injury, and it hurts a lot. It hurts like shit. All right, it it fucks up your ru- route running skills. It fucks up your agility. It, it fucks up your ability to get separation. It fucks up a lot of things. You know. And, you know, to prevent him from injuring a lot further, you know, he's going to be on the sidelines, which is fine with me. You know, we, we got to see a lot of players last night just ball out, you know. And, like, if Keenan Allen's on the field, you know, that's who Justin Herbert is going to 80% of the time. But then you saw him off the field and you saw what Justin Herbert was able to do. But then again, going back to the whole fantasy football thing, I personally started um, Keenan Allen. I mean... It happens. I mean, like, I'm not gonna start. Um, I think it was Tyron Johnson who had a touchdown in place of him. Like, I had him on my bench, but tell me, am I gonna start Tyron Johnson over Keenan Allen?
1: Never. Am I? Yeah. Never. See, and yeah. and so we tweeted that off the account yesterday too. Like, I, I recommend starting Keenan Allen and. You know, there's a lot of people who are leaning one way or another on it. Here's the reason why you start Keenan Allen Even if you know he's going to be limited, even if you know that this may not be, you know, the you know, the best matchup for him, which it was a phenomenal matchup, just obviously the leg limited him. They wanted to limit his usage. Look at his last four games. Five weeks ago, 19 19 targets, 16 receptions, 145 yards, and a touchdown. Four weeks ago. 10 targets, 4 receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Three weeks ago, 11 targets, 5 receptions, 48 yards. Last week, 11 targets, 9 receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown. If he's in the game, he has been targeted by Herbert over 30% of the time. He is like, if you don't start Keenan Allen and he goes off, you're never going to forgive yourself. If you play Jalen Guyton, which don't get me wrong, Guyton's a solid role guy. He does what he needs to do in that offense, and I think he, you know, he showed, you know, he showed some pretty good, you know, really good speed, honestly, all year. Um, but you know, he's never a guy that's going to go off. If you start Jalen Guyton because you think Keenan Allen is limited, and Guyton gets one catch for 32 yards, and Keenan Allen goes off for a game where he has nine receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown, you're never going to forgive yourself, and you're going to be the taco of your football league. If, league reference if you haven't watched it go watch it but like you're not gonna sit you're not gonna sit your stud I was so close to sitting Josh Jacobs with his injury like I was like there's no like Jacobs he's limited he's eh, I don't know but my brain kicked in I'm not sitting Josh Jacobs a, a, a low-end running back one high-end running back two depending on your scoring each week you're not gonna sit a stud you're just not gonna do it
0: Yeah, and, like, you know, like, as you were mentioning, uh, Keenan Allen, you know, like, since week one, he had 7.7 points, right? Listen to these numbers. 16, 30, 14, 10, 22, 21, 25, 12, 34, 16, 9, 20, and now this week, two. I mean, like, there's no justification for me to bench him. I mean, he's one of the most consistent wide receivers in the league until this week. And, you know, I mean, like, it's hard. To be consistent in a professional sports league for 14 weeks in a season I mean like there's not many that have done it on a consistent basis and Keenan Allen has done it um he's fight he's fought injuries I think he's torn his ACL a couple years ago he had an injury last year he has an injury this year but still you know he's that guy that San Diego depends on and and probably will be in San Diego for a lot of years to come. I mean, I don't regret my decision at all. I just hope that Patty Mahomes just goes into New Orleans and just lights it up, man, against that secondary. I'm 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 asking for six touchdowns, 400 yards, a touchdown on the ground. That's a 45 to 50 point game on on my fantasy that just completely um, takes care of what um, Keenan Allen um, was protected for. So, and then I have a chance. So, hopefully, that happens.
1: Yeah, man. My, yeah, so uh, one of my leagues already ended. I did take home the championship in that league, so pretty uh, pretty happy with that. Another league that ended last week. Um, a couple of my leagues just do shorter season leagues, just because of guys' schedules. They just they we do twelve week seasons. Week fourteen is, is the championship. Um, so uh, first and a second place already secured for me. So, you know, I'm never going to complain about a year I win a ring. I'm never going to complain about it. Um, in my big matchup that I have left in this semifinal matchup, um, I'm running out Lamar, Jacobs, Kamara, Ridley, Anderson, Tanyan. My current flex flexes are Lockett and Godwin. Um, The Seattle defense and Daniel Carlson, the guys I'm thinking about maybe swapping in there, maybe sitting locket for Raheem Mostert. Don't know how I feel about that yet. Don't know what I'm going to do there. We'll figure out by Sunday. But the guy I'm playing has got a really scary squad. Um, Quarterback, not as much. He's got Big Ben. He's a Steelers fan. Uh, My friend Ryan out there, if he's listening, yeah. Big Ben's old and can't throw football anymore, but it's fine. Um, So, you know, hopefully I get, you know, a little bit of a dud out of him. But his, you know, past that, his team gets real scary. He's got Dalvin Cook, James Robinson, DK Metcalf, Robert Woods, Hunter Henry, who put up 17 and a half last night. Deontay Johnson, who, even though he drops half the balls that are thrown to him, he still, you know, he still puts up crazy numbers, um, has the potential to put up crazy numbers anyway. And then he's got Cam Akers, the Colts defense, and Rodrigo Blankenship. So this is a really good matchup, you know, something that, you know, going into the week, I was projected to lose by a lot. I think I was projected to lose by like 9 or 10 points. Um, but after last night's game, and as, as some projections have changed with Breeze being announced as a starter and Julio announced being out, I'm actually projected to win this matchup. Uh, like I was telling you before the pod started, AJ, you know, I'm still going to need some good games out of guys. I'm going to need some impressive performances, and I'm going to need some duds out of him. You know, this semifinal, this league is... You know, the the guys fighting on the other side of our league, it's a guy who's going for a 3 P. He's won the league the last two years, started the the year super, super slow. Um, I want to say coming out of the gate, um, let, me, let me pull up his schedule here. Yeah, so he started the season five. Uh, in the first six games, he was two and four. And then since then, he's gone seven and one. So his his team, you know, finally got healthy, finally turned around. Um, so I, I'm glad I'm not playing him this week. He has Darren Waller, who put up 30 and a half points in our league last last night by himself. Um, so, you know, that matchup, it's looking pretty over already. So there's, you know, if I win, I've got a daunting chance for a daunting fight for a championship. But, man, you know, I love fantasy football. I love fantasy football playoffs, man. I'm excited to see how this weekend go plays out.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, aside from Keaton Allen, you know, not doing well last night. I mean, I have Patrick Mahomes, DK Metcalf, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Miles Andrews, um, and Kansas City Chiefs defense. um, And I'm going going up against a guy that won the championship in my league twice out of four years. Uh, We do this um, league called the Bears Fan League. And what that is, it has a lot of Bears fans in it. And we just have a little fun. Um, Not money or anything. It's just a little... um, uh, the insult to injury type, um, league. Um, so, so he has Kyler Murray, Stefan Diggs, Brandon IU, James Robinson, Kenyon Drake, Travis Kels, um, scary, Terry, Justin Tucker in Indianapolis defense. I think your opponent has a couple of, um, uh, friendly foes in that lineup. So, I mean, like I am not projected to win this lineup. Um, not lineup, sorry, this game, uh, 129.31 to 143 point nine five um it's just because Keenan Allen didn't have the game that I was expecting um of course I'm going to start him like I mentioned earlier in the pod um but I I like like I said um just hoping a game out of Patrick Mahomes a really really good game like a 40 point game would justify the um the uh, Keenan Allen performance that he was supposed to have. So, I mean, that would be okay. Uh, but other than that, if D.K. Metcalf can, like, blow the top off of Washington's defense, I mean, I heard Kenan Fuller can't tackle that well. Uh, if he could try to, like, you know, get past him and get a touchdown, that'd be pretty cool. If De- if DeAndre Hopkins could do something against Philadelphia, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, if Miles Sanders can do something against Arizona, that'd be pretty cool, too. So, I mean, and again, I'm going to ask it again. If Cam Akers can do something against the Jets, like, really, just put, put up, like, 80 yards and two touchdowns, that would be insane. Like you know, I would I would love some help from the the players that I just mentioned. Like like I need big games. Like I, you you needed big games, right, Jake? I need big games. Like I just we both need it. And like I need I just need to taste that that championship final. I and mean, um, man, like I I haven't won the league in the last seven years, and I need to win it. I'm going crazy. Fantasy football players since 2012 have not won a championship since
1: that's tough, man. I've won like 30 different leagues based off of like all the different leagues that I've been in, man. That's hard. It's hard too, like, you know, there's so much randomness that goes into it. Like just to briefly like talk about a league that, you know, started started really, really well for me and then went really downhill really fast. You know, it's a two quarterback league that I'm in um, with my friend, the friend that I'm playing this week, Ryan, he actually knocked me out of playoff contention in this league. But, you know, this is a league where like this goes to show that, like, just because you are really good at fantasy football doesn't mean that every year fantasy football is going to be really good for you. I think that, you know, I had a phenomenal draft. I'm super happy with the way that my draft turned out. So I had the 101. I went McCaffrey with my first pick, injured. Same. Second pick, Julio, injured most of the year. Third pick, Aaron Jones. That one worked out. Fourth pick, Mark Ingram, trash. Didn't want to do it when I did it. Didn't listen to myself to not do it, but I did it. Fourth pick, Ridley. Sixth pick, Ertz, who fell off a cliff. Tyler Boyd, Tannehill, Akers, Fuller, Baker, Slayton. So, you know, I had a good draft. I was, you know, I started the league really hot. I crushed the first couple weeks with McCaffrey in there and with Julio in there. But once those injuries started to hit, man, that's where the, you know, the randomness of fantasy football comes out there. You know, I started the year like 3-0 and in this league. And I ended the season five and eight. Like, sometimes it just doesn't, like, you can be set up for all the success in the world and things just fall out of place. No, exactly.
0: But, like, I want to say one thing before we move into our stardoms and sit for this weekend. What's with uh, Coach Rule dancing around the hula hoop right now or dancing around the lava right now? Like, I am, like, there was just one time he was... uh he was optimistic of uh, McCaffrey playing against the Broncos and then he ruled him out like a couple days before and then he was optimistic again about him playing against the Packers and then he ruled him out again like i mean like i i, I mean i uh, i don't want to knock him that much i mean like i he obviously wants to save McCaffrey for the future and not like you know injure him any further but like you know if you're not going to play him just shut him down you know i mean it it would be nice just to like shut him down because like I just hate seeing McCaffrey go from zero to twenty six point four nine points, just to see him to go from twenty six point four nine points to zero to doubtful to out.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's on ownership more than anything. I think it's clear I, I that I think it's clear that McCaffrey wants to play, and I think Rule wants to. To obviously, he wants to use the, one of the most talented players in all of football. But you know, ownership just gave you know they just gave McCaffrey a ton of money. And they're not going to risk, you know, risk losing their investment any more than they already have. I mean, they're going to keep him as healthy as they can to get him into next year. He's going to come out. You've heard it here first, people. Christian McCaffrey should still be the number one pick in fantasy football next year. In the three games that he's played this year, in a PPR perspective, 28.5, 24.8, 37.1. He is still the best player in football when he's been on the field this year. He's not gonna. He's not gonna be as injured as he was this year. Next year, They're, it's not gonna happen. You know, it, let me let me clarify that. It could happen. It's very unlikely that it's gonna happen. You know, he was kind of due for some injury regression if you look into some of the. Um, you know, there were a lot of people were saying that this was gonna be a bad year for injuries because there were so few injuries last year, which is something that obviously turned out to be the case. Ton of injuries all around football. Um, but Christian McCaffrey is the most productive player in football when he's on the field. He should still be the 101 next year. Maybe you make an argument for 102 or 103. Like he shouldn't if he falls out of that top 3 in your league, kick one of the guys out of your league and let me join that league so I can win some free cash every year. If you're going to let McCaffrey fall to like 104, 105, you're insane.
0: Yeah, man, he was my first overall pick and like let me tell you the scores of my of my games. to 127, all right, 151 to 100, 154 to 134, dude, I'm, I'm killing guys, and then when he got injured, I think, uh, yeah, week four, I think he was out, yeah, so 137 to 144, so, I mean, like, I agree with you, Jake, like, he is de facto the number 1 overall pick in next year's draft. Like like yeah, you can make a case for 102, 103, but if he falls out of it, then you got to do something. You got to kick the guy out or you just probably got to go to his house and probably do some weird things so like <laughs> play like in a monogamy tune some type of thing and just like this really really leery tune and just like sit on the sofa and like a, in like a cross formation and just be like why? Why why'd you pass on Christian McCaffrey? like why like yeah man yeah and it's just like like like, I mean like I I I remember some guy in the league that told me that Christian McCaffrey might have a down season like if injury counts as a down season I guess that's okay I whatever but like I mean like you mentioned like this guy he's gonna pop off next year he's gonna have like 2200 all-purpose yards next year I hope I get the first overall pick and I hope I get the first overall pick in our dynasty league that's my pick screw off (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you can say that McCaffrey had a down year and, you know, most people will agree with you. A lot of that is due to the injury, obviously, but he played three games and he was still PPR running back 45 on the year.
0: He was insane. Like he was he, just insane.
1: He in three games has put up, you know, put up better numbers than we see out of most of the guys in football. So, you know, McCaffrey, he's still going to be your 101 next year in dynasty formats. He's your 101. Not you can. The only two guys I think you can make any argument for, in my opinion, are Kamara and um, Cook. And that's in PPR formats. Maybe in a standard format, you can make an argument for Derrick Henry as well. Um, But in, in pure PPR, like the top three or four running backs are set in stone for me and they're not changing from this year to next year
0: yeah man i i just can't wait i mean like you know that dynasty league that you got and a couple of guys that we have in our chat man i can't wait i mean 25 bucks man i can't wait you know that's gonna be a really 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 fun time next year so um yeah so i mean like share uh, like what do you got man for this weekend moving on to our next topic stardoms and sidoms for this week so we're just gonna help out a couple of people and we'll post these on twitter as well for this weekend so jake what do you got
1: yeah, so um, I'm, I'm going a little light on the sits this week. Um, you're not going to mess with your lineups too much. You know, you're in the playoffs. You're going to, like like we've talked about already on the podcast, you're going to play your guys. Two guys that I do have some concerns about this week, though, CeeDee Lamb and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, CeeDee Lamb, obviously, he's a target that is very much liked by Andy Dalton, and he's a, he plays a big part in this offense. However, we have seen a you know a bit of a drop-off in production over the past few weeks. Um you know, uh, in, against Washington three weeks ago, he d- he still had seven targets, only five catches for 21 yards. Two weeks ago against Baltimore, nine reception or nine targets, six receptions, 46 yards. And then last week against Cincinnati, just two targets. He did rail them both in for 46 yards, but we're seeing the production kind of fall down a little bit. We're seeing the numbers kind of, you know, crawl back to earth a little bit as Zeke's been u- being used a little bit more. They're, they're relying a little bit more on a balanced attack as opposed to so pass heavy. So if you have a better option than CD lamb, if you have a better wide receiver on your bench, if you have a guy like a Terry McLaurin, if you have a guy like, um, for example, like a Godwin or a locket, or, you know, even, maybe at this point, even Tyler Boyd or Rashard Higgins, like these are guys that I think you have to start considering to put in your lineup, especially in a game that's really going to matter. Um, And then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he's a guy that's on a team that doesn't have, you know, all things considered, they they don't have a great run blocking offensive line. Um, Edwards-Hilaire is not a physical beast either. He's not doing a ton. Um, You know, he did have that big game against the Raiders two weeks ago or three weeks ago where he he did have two tugs. Um, But past that, you know, the last two games against better defenses too. He's only had three and a, like th- under three and a half yards of carry and then just two yards of carry last week against Miami he's he was used a little bit more in the passing game against Miami this week uh, last week but you know coming up against New Orleans New Orleans is a it's a they've got a very good rush defense this is something that they've kind of you know they they got by earlier in the year by having a better run defense than a pass defense that's how they kind of survived for a little while defensively anyway so I I just have a lot of reserve like reservations about Clyde Edwards hilaire this week. That being said, if you don't have a better option than him, don't get fancy. Don't play like a James White or a Jeff Wilson over (laughs) a Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Like at this point in the season, that's just, it's just, it reeks of desperation, um, which goes into my next part real quick. Um, But, You know, it's just you're going to play your guys, but just be smart here, like be cognizant of what you have on your roster and make the proper decision. Don't don't ride a guy that you if you look at him and you're like, I hate the fact that this man is in my lineup right now. Don't play him. Go with somebody you're more comfortable with. Just just, you know, my my opinion, my two bit opinion on the sets when it comes to the starts this week, uh, focusing a little bit more on deeper leagues where, you know, desperation plays may have to come into play a little bit more. Um, A couple guys that I really, really like this week. Lynn Bowden Jr. down in Miami. Bowden was a guy that I was a huge fan of coming out of college. I, I see a lot of potential in him. He does a lot of a lot of things really well. Um, and this is a Dolphin team that's kind of been ravaged by injuries at the wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver, tight end, and running back position over the past few weeks. Bowden, they've been they've lined him up in the backfield as a running back. They've used him out wide as a receiver. They've used him a little bit of you know. A little bit all over the place um the last two games that we've seen you know against cincinnati when he finally started to getting getting some snaps and getting into the lineup he had four catches for 41 yards uh he had one rush for 11 yards um he played 31 snaps so he's obviously he was getting into the offense a little bit more uh and then last week we saw it against kansas city he had seven receptions for 82 yards he had a he had a, a rushing touch a rushing touch as well um he played 71% of the snaps. So if you need like a, if you're if your league's getting deep and you're looking at guys where you have no confidence in them, like I said, and you need a guy to fill a spot, Lynn Bowden's a guy who he's getting at least the snap share to 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 rationalize that. Another guy, Kiki Kuti, uh we, brought, we I brought him up two weeks ago. He had a phenomenal game. Um, and then you know last week he didn't do as much. Uh, Last week was against the Bears, obviously a much better defense. I like the matchup a lot more this week. I think they're, you know, against the Colts. The Colts are still a really good defense, um, but they're still giving up uh, in the top half of points allowed uh, to wide receivers this year. And he still is a guy who's going to, you know, they played a bad game against the Bears. I think we all saw that. They're not going to play that bad this week against Indianapolis. Another thing I'll briefly touch on in a minute here. Um, but, you know, Kuti's a good option if you need a wide receiver. And then Gus Edwards, the Ravens have J.K. Dobbins, who is a you know a top three running back from this past class. And they're still going to keep giving Gus Edwards the ball. They're going to keep giving him the goal line carries. So if you need a guy, again, desperation, your your league's getting real deep. Gus Edwards is a guy to look at again.
0: No, yeah, that's awesome. So, like, out of those, I, I think you listed five, right? So, I mean, like, I think out of those five, I I would think that like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is due for a touchdown. Um, like, he doesn't really get that 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 many touchdowns in this um, uh, this season. But like, I think really, I, I think this 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 game, he he actually might be on that tally board. So, I mean, like um, uh, like ho- hopefully uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire can uh, can can move me some money on the first touchdown score or, or any time. Like I, I'd put money on that for sure. So, I mean, yeah. So it'd be very, very interesting to see what happens on a fantasy outlook. I mean, like I said, Keaton Allen didn't do well to me, but I'm really expecting really, really, really expecting the big game from others. And I'm sure Jake is as well. So moving on to the next uh, subject before we have anything else. Um, I think you yeah, have something else about the Houston Texans game and the, in the Colts game, but we could talk about that for the bet for, on in a Oh, home.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, I was just mentioning that that's my, you know, that's in our locks and dogs later, but oh, yeah, yeah that's let's, right. yeah, okay. let's hop into these player props real quick. What do you got this week?
0: Yeah, so I got a couple, um, I got Devontae Adams anytime score. So, um, obviously that's Aaron Rodgers' favorite target, um, aside from, uh, uh Val um Lazard and all the other guys there, Tanyan, um Adams, he just goes up there goes there and get it. So I mean, um gets it. So I mean Yeah, so give me that one. Uh I also have Mahomes rushing yards over 14 and a half. I mean there's gonna be a time in the game where he's gonna um evade pressure. Um and he's just gonna get 15 to 20 yards. I mean, I think this is money. I've been writing this for the last five weeks, and it's been hitting every time. So, uh, take that, um, and I'll post these on Twitter as well. My last one is uh, Matt Ryan over 72 and a half uh, passing yards. Um, I really think the um, the Tampa Bay pass defense is really, really, really bad. So, I mean, you know, expect um, expect a lot of throws for Matt Ryan, Hayden Hurst. Um, especially with Julio Jones out expect a lot of targets from uh, from uh, Hidden Hurst Uh, Calvin Ridley he's going to be getting a lot of targets so I think he's on Jake's team he'll talk about talk more about that Um, and uh, Todd Gurley Um, I don't know if he's a receiving back but he should get a couple of uh, receiving uh, receiving touches there in that game and I think um, Russell Gage is on that team too so Uh, Maybe maybe we're going to be able to see uh, Matt Ryan just to get over that two seventy mark. So I like those three bets um, a lot. So what do you like, Jake?
1: Yeah, I like those two, man. Um, So uh, this week I'm running out uh, Tim Patrick over three and a half receptions. Um, Patrick is a guy who has had a lot of up and down games this year, but I think this is a Buffalo defense that is exploitable. I think they do have some holes. Um, They've been giving up pretty decent numbers to wide receivers on the year, Um, so it's something that. You know, something to keep an eye out for. It's not like a, I'm not going to say the bet's a lock or anything like that. But when you look at this Buffalo defense, they've given up three top 24 uh, wide receiver games this year. So it's something that's definitely possible. And Patrick's been a po- pretty popular target this year amongst um, for uh, Drew Lock slash insert various quarterback that Denver is running out there this year. Um, he's getting the targets as well. And I think the offense is probably going to run a little bit better this week. Uh, maybe go a little bit less run heavy as they did, you know, last week and, you know, two weeks prior when they didn't have a quarterback. So Patrick's, you know, this is a bet that I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with. Um, so we'll see how that one turns out for us. Um, I've also got Josh Allen over uh 301 and a half total yards again, same game, but this is a Denver defense. That's not very good um, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, Especially when it comes to the quarterback position, um, they've given up, you know, just one top 12 quarterback game this year, but they've also given up pretty good games for, you know, for tight ends. Um, they've given up pretty good amount of game, you know, top one or two wide receiver running back games for, um, you know, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. They've been, you know, they've been a susceptible defense and Josh Allen's a guy that we've really seen be able to, you know, put the team on his back. Um, We've seen multiple 300, even 400-yard games out of him this year. Plus, with the rushing side of things involved, it makes the passing load have to be a little bit easier. You know, he is a guy that can, you know, put the he can put this team on his shoulder. And I think that he's got the tools around him to really, you know, put up some pretty good numbers this year. And so I like that Allen bet a lot. Um, another bet that I really like, um, this week is a DJ Moore anytime touchdown um, DJ Moore, you know, surprising a lot of guys this year is putting up really good numbers um, more so that his, his low games this year haven't been as bad as his high games have uh, as, as, as he hasn't had as many low games as he had in years past. Um, but this is a matchup that I do like for him against Green Bay. Um, his one previous game against Green Bay, which was last year, he had 11 targets with nine catches for 120 yards. Um, didn't get a tutty in that game. He hasn't gotten a lot of touchdowns this year, but I think he's due for one. You know, he's got four on the year. Um, he's not, you know, it's not a guarantee, but at a plus 185, you know, throw a few bucks on it. Maybe you make a little profit back, maybe not. Um, but this is, you know, again, this is a guy who, has really surprised a lot of people this year. And I think he's going to continue doing that. Um, So I, I, you know, I'm pretty confident in him getting in the end zone, this game. That being said, keep in mind, I did miss my touchdown last week. Evan Ingram didn't get in the end zone. So maybe take that one worth a grain of salt. Um, The last bet that I do really like as well is um, Justin Jefferson, longest reception over 24 and a half yards. Um, Jefferson is a guy that we've talked about this year being one of the more impressive wide receivers. You know, like we said earlier in the podcast, you know, he's a guy who is going out there and he's putting up phenomenal numbers week in and week out. You know, a guy who for me, I was snagging him in late rounds and drafts and he ends up, you know, putting up, very 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 good numbers pretty much all year he's got 19 receptions this year that are over 20 yards he's got four receptions that are over 40 yards he's getting deep targets and especially against a you know a defense like the bears who we've seen him put up good numbers against already this year he's averaging 16 and a half yards of reception so he needs to just like do slightly better than his average one time and he hits that prop for you and again, you know, it's, these are, you know, props that we like, you know, obviously no prop is a guarantee ever, but we're, we're just going off of what our guts and instincts are and our guts have worked pretty well for us this year. So give me all four of those and we'll just see what happens.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, like we've been doing pretty good. I mean, we're up 14 and a half units on the year and this is our fifth podcast together. So, I mean, if you do really do the math, um, that's two point four units per episode. That's twenty four bucks. I mean, for me, that's twenty four bucks because my unit is ten bucks. I don't know what it is for you, Jake, but, um, you know, I mean, that's good money for me. I mean, I don't have a job right now, but like you know, I enjoy talking fantasy football with Jake. I mean, I enjoy a lot of things. I do another podcast called the Barely Hibernating Podcast. You can follow that podcast as well at under at. Barely underscore pod. So I mean we talk bears on there, so primarily. But this is my betting and fantasy football podcast. So with that, with that, without further ado, um, we love our bets and we're gonna roll with those, but we also have locks and dogs. And what we do every week um, during the football season, and we're gonna be doing this um, during the baseball season as well a little differently. I'll I'll um, I'll change up the graphic and stuff, but um so what we do is we pick a, a lock which is a favorite of a team and we pick a dog which is an underdog and um, for my lock and for my underdog um, for my lock I have the Baltimore Ravens and for my underdog I have the Philadelphia Eagles against the Arizona Cardinals. I don't I forgot who the Ravens are playing. I think it's someone really trashy but
1: Yeah, they're like 13 and a half point favorites. It's um Jacksonville, right? Yeah, Jacksonville. Okay. I'm right, pretty yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, so they're playing Jacksonville, so um, I, I don't know if Baltimore can cover that spread, but they do have a chance to. But I, I do see them winning by like 12 or 11 points. I mean, I, I don't really see Jacksonville doing much, um, and they're in contention of getting Justin Fields in the draft, too. So that's my lock. And for my underdog, as I mentioned, Philadelphia, playing really well. With um, Jalen Hurts at quarterback, all they're doing is just running the football, and that's just a success for them, and they should keep on doing that, and um, Miles Sanders is now really, really important in that offense now, so if you have him in your fantasy lineups, um, he deserves a start, and last week he went off, so um, those are my picks. What about you, Jake?
1: Yeah, man, I like those a lot. You know, I thought about, uh, you know, a couple of those myself. Um, where I'm leaning this week, so my lock for the week, is the Tennessee Titans um, over the Detroit Lions. Um, as we've talked about a lot this year, Detroit sucks. Um, they, you know, they fired their head coach. They fired their general manager. Stafford's hurt. Kenny Galladay's still not playing. Looking more and more like it's just a contract dispute at this point, if you ask me. Um, DeAndre Swift's really their their main offensive weapon outside of, you know, Marvin Jones Jr., um, it's, you know, the Titans are 11 and a half point favorites for a reason. This is a game they shouldn't lose. And this is a Titans team that's, you know, trying to prove that they are Super Bowl contenders. Um, so they're going to come out and I think they're just going to stop Detroit. Um, and then my underdog for the week, I really like Houston against Indianapolis. While I am very high on Indianapolis as a team, their defense has been really good. Their offense has been surprising me, um, especially over the past, you know, Five, six, seven weeks. Um, this is a Texans team that just got embarrassed last week against the Bears, and I don't think they're going to stand for that, for lack of a better term. Deshaun Watson loves to come out after losses as well and put up really, really, really good numbers. Um, and he likes to prove people wrong. He doesn't want to end this season on you know four or five straight losses. He's going to come out and they're going to fight seven and a half point underdogs in this game. But I, you know, I like the matchup here, and I think that they could do a lot with this matchup. And I think you know, I think we see Houston come out ahead.
0: No, I definitely agree. I really think like the the Colts played the Texans right before the Bears. Correct? I think they lost twenty six to twenty six to twenty. I think I Mm -hmm. think it was that game, right? I mean, I really think like yeah. So I really think this this Texas team is going to be really motivated to play against this Colts team. I mean, like you know, I mean especially if you have nothing to lose, you know. Deshaun Watson plays like that every week. I mean, I don't know how that was, how, how how that was showed this last week against the Bears. But, um, you know, every time he loses that bad, Deshaun Watson, he comes back and he just torches the other team. I mean, you know, and, like, I, I, granted, um, Indy does have a good defense. I'm not going to say that either. he's just going to ultra-torch him. But, like, you know, like, expect, like, a, like a somewhat of a decent game from Deshaun Watson. Guys like Kiki he could get the ball. Um, if David Johnson is healthy, he could come back and play. I don't know what's his um, injury status, but if he's back um, – um, he and Duke Johnson can be a hell of a combo in the backfield. So it'll be really interesting to see that game as well on Sunday.
1: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Good slate of football this weekend. And, uh, you know, the, the main issue for me is that J.J. Watt is the Texans team leader in interceptions. Let's change that this week. Let's get a couple a uh, couple picks out there this week. Guys, help me win this bet. Help me, help me pay for dinner tonight.
0: Yeah, man, I mean, like, I really need a bet in which I just need – uh just to pay off my entire um i I don't know what i need to pay off but like there's like there's a ton of credit card debt i have i just wish that like you know one of these five or ten dollar parlays can just help me win like six or seven thousand dollars man i would be the the happiest fucking clam on earth man if that would happen man like i would i would just be extremely ecstatic if if i won one of those bets that i see on fanduel every night that these people hit but like Holy shit. What an hour to talk sports and fantasy football. and am betting with you guys. Um, we will see you next week um, on Friday. This episode will be up tomorrow uh, morning around 9 a.m. And you guys will have all the information for your fantasy football lineup for your playoffs. And you guys will have all the information for the betting plays for this sunday for the nfl week 15 so we'll see you next week um your host aj and my co-host the pleasant full fantasy guru jake perry thank you
1: guys stay home and stay comfy